What is up, all of my beautiful freaking people? Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. Today is a good one, you guys. I feel like I intro every episode with today, this is a good one, or today I'm so excited, but like, you know, it is. What can I say? <laughs> Dr. Karen Luis is here. She like the accomplishments go on and on, but she is the author of the Fatherless Daughter Project. She's a thought leader. She has a PhD in counseling and education, but she's also into the woo-woo stuff, which you know I fucking love. She's been featured in Forbes, CBS, ABC, like literally it's nonstop the accomplishments this woman has. And this conversation is really fucking incredible. So sit back, get a journal, get a fucking cocktail, and welcome to FML Talk. Oh my god. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. I did not in chapter 16. <gasps> he did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on our Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh no, she didn't. Okay, you guys, I am genuinely so fucking excited for you to listen to this. There are some huge nuggets of just golden wisdom bombs in this episode. We're really going to dig into letting go of your past shit, finding your freedom, how to let go of old relationship trauma after a divorce or a breakup leaves you broken on your fucking knees, screaming to the gods like, why me? Why me? Um, the truths about spiritual awakenings and why they're not all fucking fun and fruity, because let me tell you, I've been through them and they're not all sunshine and rainbows coming out your ass. There's there's lots of other things that will be coming out of your ass during your spiritual awakening um, and really how to recover from the divorces and the breakups and how to move the fuck forward. I get DMs about this so many times. And if you haven't been through a fucking shitty divorce or a shitty breakup, good for you. I'm so happy for you. You can interchange that with anything in your life that's been tough to have been through <laughs> um, and how the fuck to get over it and how the fuck to get through it. So without further ado, let's dig into it and get into it with Dr. Karin. Dr. Karen Luis, welcome to FML Talk. I am so thrilled that you are here today for this conversation. How are you? I'm doing awesome. I cannot wait to dive in. We've got so much to cover. I literally, when I was reading up on you, was like, oh, we've like lived similar lives just on different paths. So this is going to be an interesting one. Before we get into all of it, can you kind of just tell everybody a little bit about your background and how you came to do what you do? Yeah. So let's see, I've been a doctor for about 14 years, but what really got me to become a doctor, I have a PhD in counseling and education. And in that I became a licensed therapist and then I had a spiritual awakening and became more of kind of like a spirit guide. So now I'm super woo woo and all the things, but what led me up to that was similar to your story, which was like a really catastrophic divorce. And then in the middle of getting my doctorate, I had another really catastrophic divorce. I've been divorced twice. And what I know to be true because of a book I wrote in the middle of all that is that, you know, whenever we have a really big trauma in our childhood, specific around loss of a parent, which I know you can relate to as well, 
oftentimes that trauma, whatever is unhealed will kind of come unearthed when we have our first big, even though we're not really consciously aware of like all the shit that we buried and we're living our life. And then you have another huge breakup. And all of a sudden, this is what I know now. And I didn't know this 20 years ago, all the stuff comes flooding out. And so after my first divorce, it's like, I was so devastated rock bottom. And what I ended up doing was after years of depression and therapy and all the stuff was, I was just like, fuck this. I'm going to turn this into something. They told me I would be nothing without him. So I'm going to go back to school and show the world that I'm actually smart. And so that was the catalyst. It was kind of a fucking mm. moment. Like, watch me, watch me do this. And so that got me into learning that I actually was smart and learning that I loved it. And my plan was just to get a master's. Like I just, cause you only need a master's to do like clinical psychology. All my friends that were going to graduate school out of their undergrad, I was like, I didn't understand. I'm like, why would you sign it for another five or 10 years of this? Like, right. I'm done. I'm married. <laughs> like I got some partying to do some kids to have. And, um, there I found myself getting my doctorate and then ended up writing a book. And, you know, in all of that, I went through another divorce again. And it, it was just like, awakening, awakening, destruction, reawakening, destruction, reawakening. And I'm still evolving. But in it, you know, what I've learned is like in all that survival and the women that decide, like your people, my people that decide, like, I'm not going to stay in this victim story, but I'm going to use this to turn my pain to something really powerful and purposeful. And whether it's writing a book or talking on a stage or being a nurse or whatever it is, you can turn all of that into something that really becomes this life force through you. So I decided that I was going to help. I work with men and women, but now I'm focusing specifically on women that whatever you've been through, like that's the reason why you're here. And so that's mm. what I've kind of reconciled fast forward through 30 years. I know that was a long answer, but it just came out. It's like, I have learned that on a soul level, every single choice, there's a, I believe in soul contracts. I believe in soul agreements and all this, like this is why, like, I, I kind of had to go, not that you have to go through suffering, but my soul experienced all of that. So I can be here. Yeah. So I can look in the face without judgment and the ones that are like on the ground, like dismembered, like I was over and over again and be like, girl, like this deconstruction is where like, we have this like death of certain parts of us. But when you can learn how to follow a framework or a the, what someone's talking about in their own story and rebuild something that's even more powerful. And in the beginning, sometimes the catalyst is fuck all of y'all watch me do it. What ends up happening is this like life force comes up in you and you end up finding this like purpose that ends up having like nothing to do <laughs> with them. But like that yeah. was like this board. Right. And then you find all these deep sides of you. So now I do a lot of spiritual work. Women usually find me after a divorce or during a divorce. And I'm so much now about power. Like that's my main thing. Like we let guilt and regret and why me? And why did they cheat on me? Why did I stay in an abusive relationship? Why did my dad leave? I mean, all the things. And it holds us, it is such a heavy backpack to carry. And when we can learn how to shed all of that, and it takes time, it's not simple, but letting go of the guilt is what, what women carry guilt around. 95% of us carry it around like all day, every day. Yep. You literally become on fire and free. So that's where I am. I'm still evolving, but my biggest thing is helping women realize you have literally the force of the universe inside of you. All that shit is why you're here today. And let's like alchemize it and ignite that life force as a feminine, divine feminine woman that you have literally in your soul. All those yes. things to teach you that you're not powerful, but you're so fucking powerful. They just wanted you to forget it. And I'm here to connect with you and like teach you how to bring it back up.
I love it so much. It's so interesting because like it's exactly what I went through where you're at rock bottom and it's like this devastating moment before the big catalyst of all the healing happens. And now being on the other side of that and having experienced that, when I watch other people go through it, there's like this weird part of me that's like excited for them. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't know what's about to happen in your life. If you choose to take the proper steps to like harness that energy in the right way and not become a victim to it and springboard off of that. It's like this exciting time that's like, oh my God, bitch, you don't even know what's coming next. If you can like really take this by the horns and fucking write it out. I love that. I'm getting chills as you're saying that, but it's totally <laughs> the same way. I'm like, and, I, and you know, you can see it because we're all clairvoyant and intuitive. So you probably get like intuitive flashes where like, cause you know, like, cause you know, they're making the choice. And again, like that's huge. And I preach it over and over again. Each one of these steps is choice. You can yeah. identify with it and stay with that and make that your identity. And I've done that. I did that for like a decade. Like the pain was who I was, that yeah. story who I was until I decided like, I don't want that to be my story. I want right. my story. I want to own this, but it took an undoing. Cause you know, you're like, cause I know you're into some of the woo too. And I've, I've watched you talk about we love the woo we love the woo (laughs) get it I got so excited when I saw that because I'm the same way I'm like you don't even know because your gifts because in it too like my gifts as a clairvoyant and a medium and a channel and all this shit like exploded I went through all this supernatural stuff and I'm just like I have a client right now that she's like on the brink like her gifts are popping open I'm the same way I'm like I cannot wait for you to experience what is and the people that are about to come into your life. And the thing that you just thought that ended, whether it's the job or the relationship, I'm like, you just wait because you're making space for the magical attraction to come your way. Like it's universal law. Like you can guarantee that it's going to happen. Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son, and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. I'm interested to know if you don't mind sharing what was your childhood trauma that kind of like was your story that was running you that got unearthed throughout the big divorce? Yeah, I oh know, of course. So my mom and dad got divorced when I was like three and that father is an alcoholic. Actually, he's doing a lot better now. Anyway, 
he gave me up for adoption to a stepfather when I was four. My mom got remarried and that stepfather ended up becoming abusive. He ended up becoming mm. my perpetrator, as did another family member. And I was not really in my real dad's life. Like he just never really, he just didn't, he didn't have the tools to be like a real, like I would see him twice a year, but he was living a big life, partying and doing all these things. And so then when I went through it, I went through with my stepdad, who was a narcissist and all the bad story. I went through this like dismembering again. I use that word a lot because that's how it feels like of like I was this powerful little girl that had all these gifts and I was always making straight A's like leader of my class. Like I was her. <laughs> and then all the stuff started happening. I started being molested and all this stuff was happening. And I started failing school. I started cutting like all, I, I didn't even, and there was no one in this. I mean, I have, I have a little over a decade on you. So like nobody talked about therapy. Like that wasn't a thing right. we in the church. So the church came in and cast out some demons. Like it was a weird situation, but like nobody did anything. Nobody protected me. So the trauma, even though the abuse, and there was a lot of emotional abuse and all that in there too, was the trauma for me was not being protected. Like people knew what yeah. the fuck was going on. And I will tell you, Gabrielle, I heard you talk about your stepdaughter being the age that you were when your father passed. My daughter is the age that I was, and it's very real. The emotion is very present for me. She's the age that I was when my, my life fell apart the first time. Mm. And so I'm re in my book, the fatherless daughter project, I called this age matching and I really wasn't aware of how powerful it was going to be when I went through it. But my daughter now is the age that I was when no one took care of me. And like, nobody noticed like all the shit that I was doing. And it's like, I am so mama bear right now. And it's, it's caught, it's been, it's caused a lot of challenges for me this year. Like with my family of origin, I'm just going to leave that there, but it's caused another unearthing because I'm going through it again. Like I'm sure. watching her, she looks like me and I'm like, how did no one protect me? Right. So right. that trauma. So then what I ended up playing out was, so then my mom stayed with him for like my stepdad and there was other abuse going on, another family member and everybody just looked the other way. And then um, I got married as soon as I got out of college. I was like, I'm not going back to that. Mm -hmm. And my parents finally got divorced, but I was always like, why wasn't I valuable enough to be first? And then I got estranged right. from that dad. But really all I wanted was to be loved by him. It's this weird thing that a girls go through often when you're being abused. Like you still want that person to love you. It's, it's, it's very misunderstood, but like you want them to pick you. You want them to pick recovery. Not all the time. There are a million layers to this. And I don't want to put my story on anybody. But for me, like I wanted it all of this stuff over. And I wanted healing. And my dad ended up marrying. My stepdad married one of my mom's friends. Numerous affairs. Repeated, repeated, repeated. And then I ended up picking partners. That repeated it. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's why I wrote a book on fatherlessness. And a lot of it's feeds a lot of what I do with work on women now because I can see it now, right? Like I, on a soul level, I chose to repeat like this pattern of picking men that like inherently somewhere, not consciously, but like there was going to be another pattern of betrayal, infidelity and yeah. abandonment. And I went yeah. through it again. And it, so that trauma, when my first husband, who was a professional athlete, I went through a really public divorce, but he was like the guy. And I thought of this guy, he loves me. That must mean, right? Like I'm valuable. Right. I just laid on that need from men so much because I didn't. I just didn't know who I was. I had a college degree, but I didn't. And then I repeated it a number of times, and it's been an evolution.
Yeah, I relate to that so much. You know, I obviously lost my dad when I was young and that instilled that fear of abandonment in me and that when I love someone, they leave. And then I was with my high school sweetheart, who was my first big like puppy love of my life, passed away in a car accident. Same thing. When I love someone, they leave fear of abandonment. So then I started attracting these men that I had to either fix or that would eventually abandon me. So I attracted my ex-husband who abandoned me in like the most heinous way possible and was like, okay, not going to heal that because it wasn't conscious yet. Attracted the guy after Javier who quite literally abandoned me two days before we were getting on a fucking trip that he invited me on. Like it was almost laughable at this point. The universe was like, hello, bitch. Can we recognize the pattern here? And I was like, no, no, I'm good. But it wasn't until I went through that fucking like Saturn return dark night of the soul of my Eat Pray FML trip that I went to go be alone and figure out how to fix all the abandonment shit. Until that happened, there was no way I was going to attract someone who was good and healthy and wouldn't abandon me because subconsciously I was attracting that stuff so that my brain could play out that scenario and be like, see, see, we can't trust people. See, see, we're right, which is so fucked up and unhealthy. So for any people that are listening to this, if you have a pattern in your life of like, why do these men keep cheating on me? Or why do I keep like attracting narcissistic assholes or like whatever the pattern is, know that you don't deserve that, but you have to take some fucking accountability for like, there's something in you that needs to be rectified or healed to attract some better shit in the future. And when we can realize that it can be life changing, because it's like banging your head against a fucking wall. Like, why do I keep ending up with these horrible people? I know that I'm like a good person and deserve better than this. Yeah, I mean, you're nailing it. Yeah, I call it banging your head against the wall and expecting it not to bleed. It's like, yes, <laughs> it's not, especially when you have a pattern with narcissists, which I went through three and it's the, the universe is giving you such an opportunity. But when that awareness finally clicks in and you're like, and that's why I love doing this work because I'm like, okay, can we spot it? And then the awareness. So when you're in it that intense, like a, you've been through a very intense stuff, I, but not everyone goes through it at that level, right? Like not everyone's going to get it, but you have a big following because there are a shit ton of women that have gone through it. This, this generation, I mean, there is so much alchemizing and healing of generational trauma. I mean, this is even so much more meaningful than all of our individual stories, but the ending of that cycle, because women have gone through it, I mean, for thousands of years and for me, what I think, and I require it, and I'm single now, but I'm I'm going to require it, you know, of my person when he shows himself, like it is on my like list of things you have to have done. It's the ego death. It's the deconstruction. Like that's, I think what you went through and that Saturn returns. I love it. You know about that. Me, mm -hmm. I went through that too. It's like, and everyone doesn't have to, but when it's this deep, that work where you literally, and I literally felt like this deconstruction, like it's like on the floor and I've, I've gone through it. I went through there. I had a, a, a twin flame situation. That was a two year situation. And I went through it again there. And that was two years ago. And I had a smaller relationship since then, but each one has sent me to like on my knees, on my knees. And finally, the, when that surrender came, whether you take that trip to Europe or you go back to your hometown and sit on the field you used to play softball on and bang the dirt and have your ugly cries and alchemize shit. Or I would sit on the floor in my office with my dogs around me when my kids were gone, screaming and saying all the things, typing the letters I'm never going to send, like getting it. I mean, it's like that part of you that is hanging on to that. The ego in you wants that masculine or, or whoever it is for you wants that validation from the love that is external. And, yeah. you know, 
you're admitting that, I mean, you're saying that you played it out. I did too. But once you can get to that point where it is, you, you can't do it anymore. And you have that moment where you have to deconstruct, you go through this ego death and that ego has to let go, which can get us a choice of that. And in that work, which is the fundamental piece that I, women don't know it when they come to me, but I know it's self-love. Like I'm like, I can bring you in with whatever sales page I've got going on, but I know once I got you here, what we're going to be working on every single time is self-love, self-love, because mm-hmm. that is what that's asking you to heal. Whether people keep leaving you and you're right that when you're repeating that story, everyone leaves me. Men suck. There's no good. There are no good men out there, but blah, blah, blah. everyone's married. Then the universe is always going to prove you right. You don't right. get what you want. You get what you are and what you expect. Yeah. I'm interested to know what your definition of self-love is, because I think there's so many that float around out there. When I went on my trip, I was like, everyone had been telling me like, you need to love yourself first and loving yourself is the most important thing. And yada, da, da, da. And I'm like, okay, cool. Can anyone tell me how the fuck to do that? And nobody had a clear definition of it. So I had to kind of go and find what that meant for me and myself, which is how, you know, the self-love cocktail was created. But I'm interested to see from you know, your work in, you know, in the woo-woo side and also in the clinical therapist side, like what's your definition of self-love? Hmm. I love all of that. And I wanted to punch people in the fucking face when they told me that. Over, <laughs> I know, love yourself. Yeah, I mean, so everyone that's hearing it, that's rolling their eyes, that's listening, like, I feel you, sister. Like, I wanted to, I literally want to kill people. I'm like, oh, oh my God, if one more person tells me I need to spend a year by myself and self-love, like you just want to kill them. But one of the tools that I use the most with women, and I, I've used it with men too, because it's this this happens with men too. So I know most of your listeners are going to be women, but there is a practice where, and this has been, it's very hard for women that aren't there yet, where I literally will just sit and start asking them, what do you want? And what we initially do is we we run that through what our kids want from us, what our what spouse wants from us, what we want in a future person. It's, it's usually external. And there is this like chipping away of this external idea of what happiness is or what what's going to validate ourselves. So self-love is internal validation. It's sourced through you. So self-love is connecting to the way that source and your inner being feels about you, period. The way that source and your inner being feel about you, source is my word for God. I was raised very, very Christian. This when I had my awakening. Now I use the word source because I believe God is a source of energy of love. Your inner being is source. You are source. You have source running through you. You have it in every cell of your DNA. We're waking up DNA right now and it's source love. The reason that guilt and self-hatred and self-judgment feel so bad is because they don't align with what source feels about you. Source mm. has not that whole thing about judgment. There is none. There's literally none. Yes, you will have a life review one day. Yes, you will experience the pain and the joy that you cause on a different level when you cross over. Yes, you will ask for healing and you can come back and do it again or all that stuff. But that judgment that we have been programmed to have, to me, that's created by systems that want to have control of us. And that's a whole other podcast. That is not inherent to who you are. That is why it feels so bad. So that gut feeling that you get, so looking at the vibrational scale of consciousness, the lowest point of consciousness is shame. The highest mm-hmm. is enlightenment, self-love, and power and joy. You know, this is David Hawkins research. The, and you know, when you're at your highest point, you're at a 300, 500, when you're in enlightenment, you're at about a thousand, 2000. Jesus like was at a 2000 all the time. Like we're talking expanded consciousness. When you're at shame, which is self-hatred, you're at a 10, zero is death. You cannot be creative. You cannot receive love. You can't receive love. 
And so when we're not in a, a place where we accept ourselves, there is this element of shame, which by the way, is not how we were born. This is, I teach this over and over again. This is the biggest piece to me. Babies, children have no shame. They mm-hmm. inherently do not feel guilty. They want what they want. They scream if they don't get it. They're not afraid. They're not as, that's taught to you. Shame is a, is a human construct. Self-love is when you can learn to have that feeling running through you. And it's a constant process of it's okay. I am right where I am. I love and accept myself hundred percent. Everything that's happened mm. has been perfect. I can't get it wrong. You can't get it wrong. Right. Everything is perfect. And if you start at 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 80 years old, the timing has been perfect. No regretting. Regret is shame. No mm. judgment. Judgment brings shame. And so the more you can bring yourself back, back up to, I love and support love and accept myself for who I am. That's that activating that 300, 500 love. It's source within you. And that's when you're connected to the divine. And that is where literally when you are walking around with that level of self-love, you are unfuckwithable. And it doesn't <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. I'm putting it on all my shit right now. I'm like, this is totally where everyone wants to get. Yeah. Then no breakup no shitty comment from a follower, no thing your mom says to you or whatever it is that triggers you. Yes, you're going to do this, but you're going to, you can pop right back into they're on their journey. Let them, I'm on my journey. I love and accept myself. Everything is in perfect timing. So it's, I, I'm like, I'm like elevated. I go into preaching mode because it is everything. It is everything. And then when you're sitting in that and you're at that vibration, as you know, cause you get it, like you're fucking creative as shit. Like you're offers and your new clients are walking in the love of your life walks in your kids and animals are behaving like you're attracting what matches that yeah it's because you're in alignment with it absolutely so many people and i love what you you said about that anytime you feel yourself dipping into the shame to focus on going like the opposite way of that so many people that write into me will be like, I don't know how to get over the divorce. I don't know how to get over the breakup. Like, how do I move on? And whenever I get these DMs, I'm like, have you read my books? Have you listened to the podcast? But for the sake of answering that specific question, how would you say to someone like, this is how you start moving forward from that like broken on your knees, disheveled, dismembered moment of just rock fucking bottom? I mean, yeah, I can say it because I've studied it and I've been there many times. And it's, first of all, you have to feel that you have to feel it. And Mm. I don't mean that you have to stay on the floor for the first six months, but you're allowed to have a good time. You're allowed to go on a date. You're allowed to do whatever it is that you need to do because the first stage is survival. Like, and so the amount of pain, what I've learned from my work and my own experience, the amount of dismembering, the amount of pain, the amount of deconstruction is equivalent to how invested and identified you were in the relationship. So, you know, that's why people can, some people can easily walk away, but those that you have childhood trauma is specific to the loss of a bond with the parent that it was mm-hmm. never really dealt with, or maybe you had a significant loss oftentimes. So be aware of that. Is a trauma being triggered? You have to feel it. If you swallow those emotions and you, I hear so many women say, I gotta be strong for my kids. I see this, the ones that get divorced that already have kids around them, like over and over again. Not that you don't ever make your kids hold the basket of shit that you're supposed to deal with, but it's okay if they know you're having a hard time. If you do not 
let that emotion move through your body, you literally will give yourself a disease or cancer. Cancer is unresolved anger. It, it just is. And it, it pops up in very obvious places in women's bodies. So I'm just going to tell you that my whole, my motto during my first divorce is I'm not fucking getting cancer. Like I'm like, I am not fucking getting cancer with this. Cause I knew feel it, let that energy move. Those intense emotions have to give, be given voice, find a therapist, a counselor, a coach, be somewhere where you can safely talk through it. There will be a day where you don't have to tell the story anymore, unless it's in a book mm -hmm. and it's part of your purpose. <laughs> There will be a, but you know how there's like that stage where you got to tell every detail, find your safe place until you don't have to tell every detail anymore. I would say there's like, and there's no specific time period, but I'm like six months, like if in a year you're going on dates and you're still telling the story about that's like your lead in, not like it's not part of the conversation later, but that's your lead in, like, just be aware. Cause I did that. Be aware if that's kind of all you're talking about you might need to find a place to alchemize that because in the alchemy, that's when you're changing that pain into something valuable. Mm. There is that decision-making piece where like you and I already covered, what am I going to do with this? Am I going to go and volunteer? Am I going to switch my job? Am I going to get a new home? Am I going to, and it can be little things like get a new set of plates. Yeah. I put up a happy wall in my house where like pictures I was taking, anything that reminded me of him, you don't have to throw it all away. You don't have to have the bonfire unless you want it, but just take it down, like take it down. So I started putting up, I had a whole wall of pictures of me happy with friends, pictures of me with my dog, anything that wasn't related, mm -hmm. right? You're allowed to do that because like I had was diagnosed with PTSD. Like there was real trauma in that. Cause there was, yeah, there were, my first divorce was significant betrayal and there was pregnancies outside of the marriage. And it was, and I had, oh infertility. it was, it was very tra traumatizing, but if you feel like you are traumatized, please deal with your trauma. Please see a specialist. I did EMDR later. It was mm. very, very helpful. Yeah. Once you get through that, find a way to turn it into something beautiful. And you know what? Having that good time is so important because I think we feel like when we're so sad, like we can't like let our hair down. Like, yeah, go and have you. That's like high vibe shit. Like go have some fun with your friends yeah. and you identify that too, like which friends are the ones that you can trust. And here's the deal. You're going to find women that are going through what you're going through. That tribe, I mean, I'm probably sure you agree. That tribe is so important. Oh, I'll end with this. You're going to find out that your tribe will probably change. Like I was married that time that we were together for nine years and seven years of marriage and all my married friends, like that changed. That's a really hard part about getting mm -hmm. divorced, especially yeah. with a long term. Yeah. So you, you're going to lose friends. You're going to lose invitations because you're no, people think it's, it's contagious. And a lot of women don't want a single woman around their husband. Like it's a weird experience. I went through it two different times, finding that tribe of women and they don't have to, all, some of them may have never gotten married, but women that really get you that you mm -hmm. can call at moment's notice that, you know, are going to hold safe space and then are gonna, not going to judge you joining a group. It is imperative because in my research, one of the, the number one negative coping mechanism is isolation. Mm. So yeah, we just did a whole episode on like finding your tribe and who those people are supposed to be and what purpose they're supposed to serve. And I found it so fascinating. And it's so important that when you go through a big life event, like a divorce, where it can feel super isolating, and people inadvertently start to pull away from you, really recognizing that and finding how we can you know, keep the people that we need close to us and replace the people that 
clearly weren't supposed to be part of that tribe in the fucking first place if it's like that easy for them to pull away. So you touched a little bit on the relationship that you had and how it left trauma on you. I can't even imagine while going through infertility, having pregnancies happen outside. Like, sorry, but what a fucking piece of shit he must have been. But how do you let go of traumas that happen to you in a relationship and not take that baggage into the next relationship? Because I know so many people will be like, oh, well, I was cheated on. And now I just feel the need to fucking constantly go through his phone and question him and look through all of his shit. Like, how do you let that trauma go to not take it into the next hopefully healthy relationship? Yeah. I mean, million dollar question. Cause I've done right. all of it. <laughs> You're like, I don't know. Yeah. Can you answer it? <laughs> well, I can answer it in the way that I'm learning because you do carry, I think. So the front end of that is, you know, we just touched on your vibration and what you're attracting. So if you keep attracting that experience, like no, again, like no judgment on you, but it's like, cause I've had to do this with myself. I attracted it again in two different times. And when I finally step back and I'm like, wow, I keep attracting the narcissistic. I keep buying into this and then I'm trying to fix them. And then I'm checking his phone and all this stuff. Once I understood law of attraction and understood energy and understood, like, I got to own, I don't own their discrepancies. Cause yeah, I mean, being cheated on and having other babies, like that shit. It, it, yeah. I mean, it, that took me like a decade It that it, but I was dealing with other stuff. So you have to look at your responsibility on what you're attracting, what you're talking about, what you're inviting into your life, what you're allowing. Okay. So that's really important. Once you can be responsible, I call it being the CSO of your life, the chief soul officer. Like what is mm. your soul emanating with? Because your last relationship or your current one will show you exactly what you believe you deserve subconsciously. hundred yeah. percent. Look at you. I mean, yeah. and once you can take responsibility from that, take that time because I mean, I have done that. I brought it in. I've done all this stuff. I mean, and it, it, it will play out the same way. It is a matter of retraining your brain. And I think like looking at your relationship, it looks beautifully healthy when like, I want to find a partner that's been through something similar that understands mm -hmm. and then being able to work on that. And then if you can find someone that can talk about those triggers without yeah. being jealous, because like I've also dated the guy, like, anyway, that, that gets so jealous that there was a past. And then anytime I would try to bring it up and just be like, cause I was in a healthy place. I just wanted to talk about it. Right. Like that person, if that triggers their jealousy. And then like, that's yeah. not your person. Yeah, absolutely. Because, right. And so it is a retraining your brain and it doesn't have, I, I do think that you have to, you're accepting healthy love in your life right now. Like I, I just, I love watching when that happens. It's, it's such a beautiful part of, of the story, but you have to have done it yourself. Like if you are still in your head, repeating that same thing, men are only need, what if he cheats? Like, like I have a friend, I, I know a girl that keeps an active Tinder account. That's a fake account open. God bless her. But she keeps it open because she keeps attracting men that like make fake Tinder accounts. And so she keeps mm. this fake one open just to catch that looks kind of like her. And it's played out. Like I watched it play out twice, like both of her boyfriends. I mean, and I'm like, you literally are writing a script. You literally right. are the star of your own movie. <laughs> and if you're going to write that script and you're going to expect that, it yeah. is going to play out. Like literally you've already written it. So let's watch that movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's so. because it's because people are focusing on what they don't want and what they are absolutely terrified of. And it's like, you know, you can't be focusing on that and allowing your brain to continuously go there and think that that's not going to somehow manifest in your life. 
It's, it's, so it's like textbook that that's, that's not the way that it goes. When you said, how do you take it in? Cause I just didn't want to leave that one hanging. We have to be really responsible for how much we've still have that as our identity. And like, I'm mm-hmm. sure you, when you get triggered, like not, this is not this person. Yeah. This is about the trigger is about someone else. When you find someone that you can safely do it, but literally it's a re training your brain. Again, it is a choice. It's like literally an affirmation of yeah. that was that. This is not this relationship. I can leave that in the past. This is here and now. This is a new person. So anyway, there's yeah. a, there's a, a brain rewiring. So I'm sorry. Yeah, totally. No, 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 absolutely. You're completely correct. And going back to the initial question of like, how do you like go into a new healthy relationship and let that trauma go? A lot of times it's not like you have to like open the suitcase, unpack everything, fold it neatly, put everything away close the suitcase. We're ready to walk into the new one with like absolutely no baggage. Like that doesn't have to be the case. Be aware of it, do the work on it. But like, there's a lot of relationships that are very healthy. Mine, you know, as a perfect example, that they will help you rectify some of that. There are still times where my brain will look at Tay's phone and be like, who the fuck is he texting? And then I'm like, oh my God, are you fucking psycho? Like it's Tay. It's like probably no one. And like, look at his phone. He'll happily openly show me. There's times where you can like work through that stuff with them. Earlier on in our relationship, when I was still very much in the, you know, kind of like aftermath of my divorce of like being cheated on and that disloyalty and that mistrust where I felt the need to like snoop and look through stuff. And we've like talked openly about it. And now we laugh about it. Like times that I was at his old apartment where like he would leave to to go pick us up lunch or something. And I would start legitimately going through his shit and being like, what can I find? <laughs> like a fucking psycho. But yeah. it's when you find those people that are willing to like work through that with you and that you're willing to come to the table and be like, here's some shit that I'm working on. It's kind of embarrassing. It's kind of sucky, but like, I would love for us to work on it together because I'm trying to rectify it from my past. That's a whole new like way of being in a healthy relationship. Oh, I love it. You know, and that's like, that's so soulmate, soul contract. It makes me just so yeah. happy to hear that. You know, when you don't have to be perfect to find somebody, I want you to have done your work. It's my, I always go back, I specialize in trauma. So I'm like, if there's trauma there like that for me, I'm like, that is something nobody's there to fix for you. But yeah. you don't have to have it all figured out and be totally perfect and go on your 10 year sabbatical or whatever. Like when you find that soulmate, you know, we, people will come in to teach us a lesson or, and to help us grow. I don't mean to, that we're being punished. I mean, not to teach us, to help us learn a lesson and to help us grow. Right. So sure. if you find that soulmate that is there, like y'all came together, there's no such thing as coincidence at the perfect timing in each other's dance on this planet. And you have agreed that you will help each other heal. And I'm sure you're helping him in ways as well. Like it goes mm-hmm. both ways. And that is such a beautiful love because whether you've been through this or not, or any version of this, like when you find that soulmate, you know, they're your soulmate because they're not judging you for it. They're like, what's the, they're, my most popular post I ever had was somebody else's quote, but it was like, when you find that person that isn't using your past to judge you, but is using it as a reason to love you and to understand well, how I love you, that and to understand how and why to love you like yeah. that, that's what you hold out for. That is when you know it's your person, like they're not judging you and shaming you for it but they're like like those reels that you post of him holding you and you're wrapped around each other I mean I I looked at that one last night I was sitting here like 
bawling. I'm like, well, I feel it, you know, and we want it and it's beautiful. And I know, like, I know mine's still coming, but it's like, I've loved that for you. And I love it for women. Those men like Tay that then when they've done their work and they can hold space for women because they know who they are, no matter Mm -hmm. what they've been through before too, like, oh my God, like that's where we collectively are heading for that kind of love. So I celebrate that with you. Oh, I love that so much. And that makes me so happy to hear. Let's touch really quickly on spiritual awakenings. Cause I know you mentioned in up top that we had, you had been through some, I know I have been. And I think so many times people are like, Oh, I can't wait for my spiritual awakening. It's going to be so glorious and magical. And it's going to be this whole like unearthing <laughs> and people don't yeah. realize that like, there's a lot of fucking difficult shit that comes with that. So can you kind of touch on the difficulties and why it's not always this kind of like happy, magical time in our life? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I popped open in 2014 and it was the catalyst to my second divorce because I popped like this way and he was going that way um, on top of a million other things. But I had a lot of supernatural stuff happen to me and I tapped into another level. But the thing is, when you do that, one of the hardest parts is relationships are going to fall away because not everyone is going to come with you. Not everyone is going yep. to get you. And, you know, while at first, like, you're like, oh my God, we're all one. And like, there's very often an event, a cataclysmic event that launches it, but in it, in it, it's like, you will likely go through some kind of deconstruction because when you're called at that level and we all are on our own soul journey, everyone is going to be it. There's no good or bad, right or wrong, higher or lower. We're just all at different levels. And if you are really wanting to go to like an ascended place where you really want to take your spiritual journey to a high level, the universe is going to ask you to work out your ship. And the past two years, I mean, it's just been like for the planet as a whole and individuals that are really trying to raise their frequency, anything that has not been hidden, any darkness that is still within you. And that's again, not wrapped in judgment. We all have it will be brought to the surface. Likely a relationship will bring it. Something from your past will bring it. And you are here to alchemize that darkness and to bring it into the light, but it is fucking messy. Yeah. And it takes work and it takes looking at yourself. Every relationship will be a mirror for you. Mm-hmm. And you're going to feel things on a more intense level than you've ever felt. And I'm getting chill bumps all over talking about it. That means your spirit team's super close, by the way, when you get chill bumps. Mm-hmm. It's confirmation. You will be judged. People will think you've lost your rocker. I mean, I've been called all of it, which all the stuff, whatever. I get all kinds of, I, I don't so much anymore, but at first I was getting all kind of, my mom was a pastor. Um, so like, you're going to hell and what about this? And what about this Bible verse? Like wherever you are, whatever that looks like for you, for me, I went way, way, way like it was like hyperspeed. And it was really hard for me because I'm like, you guys like know who I am. Like, how do you, how do you guys not all see this? Right. Like, especially mm. for what we've all gone through the past two years, I'm just like, <laughs> how do you not see what I see? You know? And so you will feel frustrated and you'll probably go through a period of where you want to convert everybody. That's kind of a normal period. And, um, everyone is not going to convert. And so it's like, so the butterfly, the butterfly metaphor is the best metaphor because you know, when the butterfly goes to the chrysalis stage and it starts the caterpillar, when it goes to the chrysalis, it actually goes through a death. They've um, recorded it. It is extremely painful. Like half of them don't make it. And because they literally dismember and, and there are like screams that come out of that, that chrysalis. Think about it. Caterpillar looks nothing like a butterfly. Like, yeah, it literally at a DNA level deconstructs and then reforms and then finally flies again. That if you want to go through this on a really deep level, 
that is likely what's going to happen. The good news is it's easier than it's been in the past. There are people that can really help you. What's important is that you not go through all of it alone, that you follow people, buy the books, watch the podcasts, get coaches, whatever it is, where you can be like, oh shit, like I just had a fight with my mom or I can't stay with my husband anymore or my kids are asking questions or I heard voices last night when I was asleep or whatever it is. You know, oftentimes you'll open up portals for things that aren't, that don't serve you. So I had to learn how to protect myself because in all that, like some dark stuff started kind of coming my way. So that was another piece. But again, in it, it was like finding that self-love piece where I'm like, the more compassion and love you can find for yourself, there's like that fighting when I went through it and when I've seen so many other people go through it because you don't understand why everybody in the world's not getting it is once you finally relax into it, you go through your chrysalis stage and you've come out the other side and there's no ending, by the way, you're always evolving. Right. When you have found compassion for yourself and all the bad choices, by the way, there's no such thing. It's all been perfect. You can do that for other people. So mm. It is the most viewed. That's how I can tell where people are. It's like you just relax into it because I'm like, yeah, I get triggered. I, of course, I get triggered. But that time between being triggered and coming back to your peace and your love gets shorter and shorter and shorter. And now I can repeat to myself all the time like, they're on their soul journey. It's okay that they are where they are in this moment. They're on their own soul path. And that is a soul choice for them. And just as I want respect from them, like I give them respect. And it's okay that they choose those things. I'm just going to make the choice here. And even though I have less friends, the higher your vibe is, the smaller your tribe is. Yeah. And it gives, it gives you a sense of peace because you're like allowing people to exist on their own path and their own journey, instead of trying to control them or the situation or the outcome. And that gives you a lot of freedom. I'll tell you, even like, even my ex is just to bring this back full circle, Gabrielle, like even my ex is even the one that the the big one that had the infidelity and the babies and all of the stuff. And it was public that helped with that healing. When I went through that spiritual, my spiritual awakening and still to this day, like the layers that I've been able to look back, forgiveness is a very loaded word. But when I finally was able to be like, and I still get triggered, don't get me wrong. But when I can come back to, he is on a soul journey. And even though like that happened, like that was a soul agreement mm-hmm. and I am where I am now and I wouldn't be where I am. Yep. I have to let go of what his journey has looked like, why I never got the apology. Sister, you don't get the apology, the I'm sorry, the all those things. Learning to live with that. And so for me, that's where that spiritual peace has been so imperative in my healing on those breakups. When mm-hmm. I can find, find that enlightened place after all the triggers, finding out they're dating somebody else or got remarried or had it, whatever it is, that's like, you know, and all that shit comes up. And I'm like, when I can get to that place, I can channel that source love through me and find that peace. And I'm like, it's okay. Like they're on their soul journey. It's not with me anymore. That is something that they have to go through and play out. And that karma is not up to me to solve. Yes. <laughs> That's them to experience. And that letting go has been the most freeing part. I can go. I, I hope people like rewind this, you know, two minutes and go back and listen to what you just said, because that is the key to so much of our strife in life is when we can't acknowledge that like this was meant to come into my life what's the lesson what journey are they on and then letting it go and not needing the closure needing the apology like that's fucking 
huge. So I hope people go back a few minutes to re-listen to that. Oh my God, this has been so incredible. Can you please tell everybody where they can find you, what the name of the book is, like all of all of the things, tell us. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, that book uh, is the Fatherless Daughter Project. Yeah, I found out that a lot of people that go through awakening, like the father issues will come up to be healed. So that you can find on audio and on Amazon. I'm at drkarin.com. You have to spell out the word doctor and Karin is K-A-R-I-N.com. And I'm on all the places, Facebook and Instagram. TikTok, the freebie that I want to give everyone today. And as we're taping, it's new, but I know when it comes out, it will be in the universe for a while. It is called a soul inventory and mm. you can find it at soulinventory.com. And it's an assessment that we just created. And it's going to show you where you are kind of on your soul's journey, according to like 12 different facets of the soul journey in your life and let you see like where you're rocking it and where the gaps are. And then I'll give you follow-up guidance afterwards, but that that's a freebie for everybody. So, so inventory.com. Oh my God. I love that. So I'm going to go do that. I love that. Thank you so much for being here. This has been so wonderful. Thank you for sharing so much of your personal vulnerability as well as like your expertise. I really appreciate it. I think there was so much valuable stuff in this episode. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you for holding space, Gabrielle. I loved every minute of it. I want to thank Dr. Karn so much for coming on and being so open and so vulnerable and dropping so many truth bombs for us. I feel like that conversation had so much depth and goodness in it. I hope you go back and re-listen to some of those really poignant things that we touched on. Make sure you take advantage of that free gift that she offered. Um, Go and check that out. Go and check all of her stuff out. Really just an inspiring discussion on how to move through the shit because you know that is what we need to do here on FML Talk is not allow our trauma bullshit to define us, but really how it's going to make us be the next best version of ourself. Be that next best version, you guys. Do not allow the bullshit to drown you and bring you down. Fuck that asshole. Fuck the bullshit. Really let it make you into the badass motherfucker you're supposed to be. Rise from the ashes like a motherfucking phoenix. I love you guys so much. I will talk to you next week. All right, FMLers, if you don't want to miss an episode, make sure to follow on your favorite podcast app. And if you're loving the show, drop us a five-star rating and leave a review. You can keep up with me on Instagram at Gabrielle Stone or the podcast page at FML Talk Podcast. For all the merch and books signed personally by me, you can shop the FML line on eatpreyfml.com. And as always, have a fucking self-love cocktail on me. Cheers. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.